0: Thank you for joining me today. New Hope Radio, 1590 AM 90 2.7 FM, WARV, New Hope Radio, Facebook, and YouTube as well. Join us if you're on YouTube or Facebook, especially Facebook. I'm not monitoring YouTube, but uh, join me and uh, be part of the program. Comments, questions, love to take them. You're welcome to be part of the program. And don't forget, these programs always become a podcast later on. And you can get these podcasts at newhopecc.tv. You can get them at iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, all places where good podcasts are found. Oh, we're going to talk about Jesus today. You know why? (laughs) That's why we're here. It's what we do every day. Talk about Jesus. You know, he he had an interesting life. And he met many interesting people. He met people who really didn't have it all together. He met those who thought they did. <laughs> he met people who were lonely. He met people who were very busy, even too busy. He met rich people, poor people, sick people, well people. Today, Jesus meets a man who was very successful in his life's pursuits. He was an accomplished soldier for Rome, so much so that he was promoted to command 80 to 100 soldiers. He was a centurion. When you made it to that level, you were doing pretty good in the Roman military. A Roman centurion, oh yeah. You knew a centurion when you saw him. There he was sitting up high on his horse. His equipment was very different from his men. Reason being, you wanted to be able to find him in battle. You know, you always wanted to know where the centurion was. I guess when the soldiers saw the centurion, they had hope. There he is. There's our leader. Let's follow. Follow the leader. He carried a stick that was like a vine. That was a badge of rank. And sometimes he would use that stick to punish his men. Oh, these Roman soldiers, man, they were tough. You had to walk straight, that's for sure. The horsehair crest on his helmet went from side to side. He wore medals on his chest, awarded for bravery in battle. As a centurion, he could marry and His wife lived in the barracks with him. That was was probably a lot of fun, right? Centurions didn't march. They rode on horses. A centurion chose his second in command, called an optio. Optios carried wax tablets on which they could write passwords and orders of the day. They were like executive assistants to the centurion. Only the very best legionaries could hope to become an optio and then work his way up to a centurion. That would take about 15 years. And yet this particular centurion, he goes down in biblical history, not because of his military prowess, because he was a great soldier, but because of something else that even God's people didn't seem to have the way that this centurion did. He had something that impressed Jesus, and it was something that even, wow, Jesus' people didn't seem to have. So we're going to pick it up in Luke chapter 7, and verse 1, when Jesus had completed all of his discourse on the hearing of the people, I like that, in other words, when he finished talking to the crowds, (laughs) he went to Capernaum, and a centurion slave who was highly regarded by him was sick and about to die. So the centurion had a slave, and the centurion, he liked this slave, but the slave was really sick. Doreen has said, having a lot of static. Can't hear very well. Hmm. How about that? Not sure what that is. Maybe it's your Wi-Fi. Wi-Fi. I don't know. Let me turn it up a little bit over here for you. See what we can do for you. Maybe we can pick it up a little bit for you. How's that? I'll try that for you. Okay? There's always technical things to, to deal with here in these programs. So the centurion had a slave that he really liked but the slave was really really sick people are hearing buzzes i don't know i don't hear them everybody's hearing buzzes i don't know what's the matter just bear with me okay so when he heard about jesus when the centurion heard about jesus he sent some jewish elders asking him to come and save the life of his slave I guess the centurion figured, you know, let me send some people like Jesus of his own nation, his own culture, his own race. Let me send them and maybe they can talk to him. And so this centurion, he wasn't a follower of Jesus, but he heard about him, right? He heard about him. You know what that teaches us? That how much a person's reputation can influence others. That the reputation of Jesus spread far and wide, even to the Gentiles. And it makes us cognizant of the fact that we have a reputation too. We are all building a reputation. And you know what? It takes a lifetime to build a reputation and about a minute to destroy it. Oh, we have to be so careful of the reputation that we're building. We really do. So, it's obvious that Jesus was known for his compassion and care for the sick. Right? That's why many people followed him. I think they followed him for two reasons. Number one, they loved the things that he said. And number two... They loved the things that he did. And he was very compassionate. He never turned anybody away that needed a touch from him. So the servants came and they told Jesus about the centurion. In verse 4, when they came to Jesus, they earnestly implored him. They said, Oh, the centurion, he's worthy for you to grant this to him. For he loves our nation, and he built us a synagogue, most likely... At his own expense. I want you to think about that for a minute. It's okay to do things for people when it costs you something. As a matter of fact, it's a wonderful thing to do things for people when it costs you something. Let's say you make a dinner for someone or take someone out for dinner and it costs you. That's a wonderful thing. Say you gave someone a tool. You provided for someone a service. It's a wonderful thing to do that and not get anything in return. It's very freeing. Look at what it did for the centurion. He did a wonderful thing for the Jews. He built them a synagogue. Now, he wasn't Jewish. He didn't worship the same Jehovah, but he built them a synagogue. So Jesus now, he's on his way to the centurion's house. He's like, okay, I'm going to... uh, Go and help this guy out. But you look what happened in verse 6. Jesus started on his way with the other servants, and when he was not far from the house, the centurion sent friends, saying to him, O Lord, do not trouble yourself any further. I'm not even worthy for you to come under my roof. I'm not worthy for you to come to my house. Think about that. He said, huh, he's not worthy. Isn't that incredible? You know what he's not looking for? He's not looking for a lot of fanfare. He's not. He's not looking for that at all. He's, for this reason, he said, I didn't even consider myself worthy to come to you on my own. This guy's got so much humility. He's like, I I sent those people because I didn't feel worthy to come to you. But I know this, if you just say it, My servant will be healed. I know that, Jesus. You just say it. Boom. It's all it takes. I know you got the power, and he'll be healed. See, this is an incredible scene. You know why? In ancient Rome, slaves were like tools. They were disposable. When they lost their use, they were thrown out. But this soldier, he loved his slave. I'd say he had a pretty big heart too. And this is a picture of true humility. He's not trying to get an audience with Jesus the celebrity. They're not going to pose for pictures. He's not going to get his autograph. You know we we like autographs, don't we? Why is it that we, we go after people's autographs, we buy them and we sell them. We fight crowds to get them. It's only a signature. But this Roman soldier, it's not about him. It's not about his prestige. It's about his servant. He's there for someone else. And I want you to look at what this soldier knows. He said in verse 7, For this reason, I did not even consider myself worthy to come to you, but just say the word, and my servant will be healed. For I also am a man placed under authority and I have soldiers under me and I say to this one go and he goes and to another come and he comes and to my slave do this and he does it so this centurion he understands authority you know what he understands the power of the word so he knew if his authority as a Roman centurion produced results, how much more must that of Jesus, wow, he's got Jesus elevated far above himself. Think of your own life right now. If you can do something, how much more can God? If you can love, how much more can God love? If you can serve how much more can God serve if you can help someone how much more can God help if you can give how much more can God you know the saying anything you can do God can do better this guy the centurion he even got Jesus to take a step backwards like, he really bowled him over. In verse 9, when Jesus heard this, you know what he did? He marveled. You know, there were many people in the Gospels that caused Jesus to marvel. And this guy's one of them. In other words, he admired this man. This soldier got Jesus' attention. How did he do it? You know how? Faith. That's how faith you know faith gets God's attention oh yeah and it does it every time you know what the Bible says in 2nd Chronicles sixteen nine? sure you do for the eyes of the Lord they move to and fro throughout the whole earth that he may strongly support those whose heart is completely his Wow God is looking for people who are strong toward Him in faith. That's what impresses God faith. Psalm 34 says, The eyes of the Lord are toward the righteous, and His ears are open to the cry. Wow. I want you to think of way, way back in Genesis chapter 6 in the beginning of time. The whole world was corrupt, remember? But Noah found favor. And the eyes of the Lord, he found favor. Solomon said, The eyes of the Lord are in every place, watching the evil and the good. So what are we saying? We're saying that God is looking. He's on the hunt. He's looking for faith because faith pleases God. You want to be pleasing to God? Live in faith. Apply faith. Get faith. Faith comes by hearing, hearing the Word of God. We hear it, we abide in it, and we become pleasing to God. So Jesus, he turned and he said to the crowd, now here's this crowd following him, right, as usual, and he said it to the crowd because he wanted everybody to hear what he was about to say. He said, I say to you, not even in Israel, Israel, God's, the place where God's people live. Not even in Israel have I found such great faith. This guy, he didn't grow up with the Bible. He didn't know Moses. He didn't know Daniel. Jeremiah who? But he heard about Jesus. And it impacted his heart. That's what it did. See, Jesus experienced two contrasting emotions that day. Number one, admiration for the centurion. Number two, disappointment from the Jews. It should have been the opposite, shouldn't it? The centurion, the Gentile, God wasn't expecting anything from him. His expectations were always from the Jews. And yet the Jews disappointed him. The people of God and the Gentile. He caused the Lord to marvel after him. See, it was the people who knew God who was supposed to be great in faith. Not a Gentile that never read the Old Testament. And I think even today when God looks down into his churches, he's he's expecting to see great faith. And yet I see Christians more than I would like to. That when they encounter difficult times, their faith is fleeting. Why is that? You know, their faith is great when everything is good, and their faith is gone when things are bad. Faith should be a constant. Don't be too high and don't be too low. It's constant. Faith is active, it's not passive. Faith is hopeful, it's not hopeless. Faith is tangible, it's not intangible. Hebrews 11 tells us that, verse 1. Faith is the substance of things hoped for. In other words, it's like you already have it. the, The sign that things that are seen are true. Think about that. Faith should be more real, or as real as, here it comes, life itself. Faith in God should be as real to you as life itself. We have to ask ourselves, do I have substantial faith? Is my faith tangible? Or is it just, you know, a weak thought process? Do I have a faith that means something? That holds me up in the storm? When the storm is raging, do I have a faith that stabilizes me? Do I have a faith that attacks the hill? That trusts in God for all things? See, I believe this is the faith God is looking for. Oh, you know what else? It's the faith, here it comes, that He rewards. He rewards faith. And like we said earlier, how do I get this faith? Romans 10 17. Faith comes by hearing the word of Christ. You gotta hear, you gotta put yourself in a place where you can hear the word of God. That's where it starts. You know, it's like planting the seed in the ground. Where does the watermelon come from? Well, you gotta put the seed in the ground first. Well, where does faith come from? Well, I gotta put the word of God in my heart. And then it's gonna grow. And when the seed grows, it produces a vine, and then it produces fruit. And when faith grows in my heart, it produces fruit. So, listen, when you go to church, you have to pay attention. Remember, God is speaking to you. When you're listening to the Word of God, God is speaking to you. So you have to behold You have to pay attention. That's what we have to do. How many times do we get distracted? The mind wanders. Oh, what am I going to make for dinner? Oh, who's texting me? Oh, i got to make a phone. You know, it's so easy to be be distracted. What do you want to be? You want to be the soil that was good, that the seed fell upon? Or do you want to be the soil that was hard, that the seed fell upon, the birds came and ate it? Or do you want to be the shallow soil where the seed fell and it grew a little bit till the sun came out, then it withered? You want to be the seed that fell in the thorns and and the cares of life choked it? No, you want to be the seed that falls in the good soil. You know what that requires? Heart preparation. Heart preparation. You always have to prepare the heart. So, you know, when I look at the story of the centurion, you know what that tells me? Anybody can be saved. Hey, you don't have to grow up in church. This guy didn't grow up in church. He probably had. Growing up, he probably was exposed to a thousand gods and goddesses. He was led down the wrong path spiritually for his whole life. Until Jesus came on the scene. Oh, that changed everything. When Jesus comes on the scene, it changes everything. It really does. But you know what we have to do? We have to let him in. You got to let him on the scene. You got to welcome him in. This Sunday we're going to begin a brand new series. I really like it. It's called "Jesus Touched Who," and we're going to see in a, for a few weeks that Jesus touched people that no one else would. No one else would, and no one else could, but he did. And the beautiful lesson we're going to learn is that he can and he will do for us what we can't do for ourselves. Isn't that what salvation is? Isn't the gospel, Jesus coming and doing for us what we can't do for ourselves? And what did he do? He paid for the penalty of our sin. He washed our sins away. And restored us back to God and it's amazing how Jesus is not repelled by what might necessarily repel somebody else hey this centurion I bet the Jews repelled him you know why he was a soldier of Rome we don't like those bullies they push us around they bother us they make us carry their shields they come in our houses and take our food We don't like these Roman soldiers. But this guy was different. His heart was different. He was kind. And he heard about Maybe because he heard about Jesus, it changed his heart. It gave him a new heart. (laughs) That'll do it every time, you know that? Oh yeah, it'll do it every time. You want to change your heart? You want to change the way that you think so it will affect the way that you live? And you gotta get more of Jesus. That's what you have to do. You gotta get more. You gotta expose yourself. You know, it's like getting a tan. wanna get a tan? You gotta expose yourself to the sun. Five minutes, no tan. A few hours, you'll get a nice tan. Expose yourself to Jesus. You know, if it's sporadic, forget it. It's not gonna happen. If it's consistent then things will happen. Things will change. It's like a workout program. Go to the gym once a month. Don't expect much, (laughs) except sore muscles. But Go every day, every other day. Things will improve. Things will get better. See, I think one of the key words of Christianity is consistency. If you want to be good at anything, I don't care what it is, shooting baskets, hitting a baseball, or becoming a Christian and living like a Christian. Consistency. Playing an instrument, consistency. Laying bricks, you wanna be a good bricklayer? Consistency. You gotta stay at it. Wanna live the Christian life? You gotta stay at it. You can't be sporadic as a follower of Jesus. Can't do it. Matter of fact, tonight, seven o'clock here at New Hope, we're gonna talk about what's required to follow after Christ. What's required? A lot of people call themselves Christ followers, but are they really? Are they really? Can you be a believer and not be a follower? I guess so. The demons are believers, right? But they're not followers. The demons believe and tremble. That's what James said. So what's required to be a follower of Jesus? We're going to see that tonight. We'll be in church at New Hope here in Swansea. We'll also be on YouTube and on the radio at newhopecc.tv. Different website, newhopecc.tv. Click Facebook, click YouTube. Join the chat. We love taking your comments. We really do. We try to become a little more interactive with that because a lot of you have some good things to say. You make you make some good points, and we like sharing them. It's a different way of teaching and uh, We just kind of go back and forth, and we have a good time with that. As long as we're learning, that's the key. As long as we're learning. That's why we gather together. That's why we gather together around the radio, around Facebook, around church, because we want to learn. We want to learn about Jesus, and we want to learn, you know what? As much as we can. Oh, you don't want to learn just a little bit. You actually want to learn as much as, As you can like anything if you're going to be a doctor you want to learn as much as you can right well if you're gonna be a Christian you want to learn as much as you can you really do because why you'll be a better Christian you'll be a better believer and we want to be the best believers that we can be so we're willing to learn Well, that went by kind of fast for me anyway, I thought. And uh, this will be a podcast later on this afternoon. Go to newhopecc.tv. It'll also be on Facebook, I guess. So uh, thank you for coming along. Don't forget about the Hope Club. Go to newhopecc.tv. Click giving. Scroll down to radio. Fill out the information. Commit $3 a week. We'll put you in the Hope Club. You'll get a devotional every day help you to build up your faith, okay? Thanks for coming along today, and I'll see you tomorrow for more of New Hope Radio.